Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courts at Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined by Dominic Neely. It's just the two of us tonight. Yes, sir. We... Zach has this thing where his kids have activities. <laughs> that takes priority. I don't get it. Put... I mean, we just got to put kids on eBay. I don't know. <laughs> not an option. Not an option. It's, it's not? No. no. Not an option. And... Tyler is prep, prepping for a trip to California and he's on Liam McNeely watch for his Hoosier illustrated duties. Um, I, you might be in line for some either big commits or big disappointments here in the next couple, next few days. Is that what he's doing? I haven't, I haven't really paid attention to that stuff. You mean Liam Tyler or, or McNeely? Well, McNeely, so McNeely takes an official visit to Indiana. And then IU goes down and sends the, almost their entire staff down to watch him. And obviously the other kid that's down at, down at Mount Verde work out and then suddenly cancels his visits to Texas. So that's usually a sign that something's changed. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to Indiana, but but sometimes that is what it means. You know, when something right. happens that compels you, because I'm a big believer in, I mean, so few kids get to control their recruiting, you know, get total control of their recruiting. Sometimes, I mean, some of them do get it to a point where there's four or five schools, of course, where they, they do have control over the process at that point. But there's a lot of people who have either not offered or dropped out along the way. Um and I'm a big believer in the family should be able to communicate a process to the coaches. And if the coaches really want them, they'll honor the process. You know, no pressure to change this or do that. And, you know, and that's not to say the family can't change their mind. But usually when you see a change in process like this, it's because they've made up their mind and it's time to just cut bait make a decision so right um hopefully the texas coaching staff isn't calling the parents and or questioning the parents that's an inside joke never mind it's an inside joke on a on an old issue um all right we've got let's we are still planning on doing our top shooting guards who are uncommitted uh, segment that we started last week with point guards. Uh, we're going to do a recruiting update and then we're going to, I guess we're going to talk about this Coach Carlisle situation at Ben Davis. Kind of feel like we have to if we're podcasting on on events that happen in, in and around, in in the state of Indiana. Yeah. But let me, uh, let's get the update on the recruiting then we'll we'll dig into this stuff. 
Um, Offer-wise, Max Boer, senior from uh, Greenwood Christian, gets an offer from Bluffton. Tyson Fry from Gosh, oh, from Fairfield, I'm sorry. Gets an offer from Manchester. Keenan Garner, uh, senior forward from Fishers, picks up an offer from Trinity Christian. Luke Yeager, senior wing or big? Big. Big, picks up an offer from Olivet Nazarene. He's from Warsaw. Juniors, Desmond Briscoe, picks up an offer from East Tennessee State, the forward out of Christmas Attics. Cedric Horton, the wing out of Richmond, picks up an offer from Miami of Ohio. Braylon Mullins, uh, wing from uh, Greenfield Central, picks up an offer from Indiana. And Xavier Robinson adds to his high major high major slate. The guard from Lawrence North picked up an offer from Ohio State. We have one commit. There's actually an outgoing senior who I think is at a prep school. I know he's at a prep school, but I don't know which one. I don't remember which one. But Dijon Craig from Lawrence Central picked up an, a recent offer from Oregon State on a visit. And then promptly committed to there uh, earlier today, actually. So that was that was big news that hit this afternoon. Any of those you want to discuss, touch on, yeah. or chit chat about? Um, Jaeger from Warsaw is happy to see him. I think that's I think that might be his first offer. He played football. Uh maybe I don't know. There, there was He's, a, there was. A couple years ago, watching them scrimmage Kokomo, I think we were putting together like a six. We were putting together a sixteen-year-old team, and just they had these three huge sophomores. Yeah, that that all were basically, they looked like they were offensive linemen, and he was right. the one that was pretty good. Um, yeah, he's pretty skilled. I seen him. Uh, I seen them play. Tw- I seen him play against Kokomo in their scrimmage this past year at Warsaw. Yeah, I think he hit five threes that game. Really? Um, and then I seen him play against Homestead at Homestead. That didn't go well for Warsaw. I think he was okay though in that game. But he's, yeah, he's I think he's about six seven. Um, he's got good touch. I mean, he can step out and shoot. Um, my my cousin is the JV coach at Warsaw, so he you know gives me a little insight on some of their players and things like that. But I remember him mentioning him at the beginning of last year, and me not really knowing who he was, and then I showed up at that scrimmage and he hit five threes. I was like, wow. But it, I don't think that was, uh, I don't think that's really was a big, huge part of his game at that time, but he really looked good doing it. So interested to see him keep improving and get that NAI offering. Yeah. I liked him. I remember talking to coach more about him and, you know, Warsaw to Carmel isn't close. So, right. You know, I can understand when distance I guess I can understand when distance is an issue. It's really right. only a few. It's really only a few extra weeknights uh, from a practice perspective. The rest of it's weekend travel. But, but I get it too. You you want to play with your friends and things like that. But yeah, I liked I liked him, um, because the other kids did look just like football players who were who have to be playing basketball and. Yeah, they they weren't like super skilled. Like he, you know, he's he's pretty skilled. Compared definitely compared to those other two you're mentioning, which I'm not sure they even play on the team anymore. Do you even try? I think they're strictly football. Some of those kids were. Well, yeah, the, even the Winchester kid, right? Did yeah, that kid play his yep. senior year, right? He was kid in the I student really, section. A, a kid I really liked when he was coming up. I just thought he could have been a kid, like a good, a good piece on a good team. 
like it, tr- tr- summer team wise. Yeah. Um, if he if you'd have continued to stick with basketball, even as just as an interest. Well, his um, his sister's really good. She's big and she scale. She my my uh, cousin's daughter plays varsity for Warsaw, so I see some of their games, and she's one of their best players. She's big and she can hit threes, and I think she just got a D one offer too. So there's definitely some talent in that family. Um, Trevor Lauk at Roncalli, who's go I think going to Notre Dame for football. Another so. kid, another kid that would have been a really nice piece basketball wise in the summer. Um, just with his hand, I mean they they ran a lot of offense through him at Ron Colley. Just a lot, a little, a lot of little things with just a huge frame. And there's there's always been some value with kids like that, at least for me. Um, because you know I like setting screens and stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, he can set those. Yeah, we set some screens. So, uh, Braylon Mullins, so really good friend of mine, Bobby Irvin. Uh, I don't know when it was. No, Bobby. It was pro- yeah, it was probably yeah, maybe last fall. Um, he had made a comment to me about Braylon Mullins that he thought he was high major, and I was like, ah, just wasn't there yet, you know. And kid, I've seen a lot. Probably had seen him more than, um, along with Dylan Moles, more than anybody else that didn't play at Carmel the last two seasons. Um, and a lot of it was his jump shot. And we've and we've talked a lot about his jump shot and how it's how it's progressed and and how it's he's got more arc on it. He's developed more touch. Um, and that the rest of his game was there. Um, but. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the almost this discussions almost come complete 180 now because Indiana hops in with an offer, you know, and he, and he deserves it. He's put, he puts in so much work into his game. And, you know, of course, I don't really see any problem being constructively critical about any situation, but, you know, that work is being rewarded with his last string of offers. I mean, he's since, since the July evaluation period has picked up offers from Virginia Tech, Iowa, Notre Dame, Ball State, Cincinnati, and now Indiana. And he's going full bore. Is He's just a high major kid at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen him play uh, the, the Futures game down there before the Indiana All-Star game, and I really liked him a lot. He was one of the best players that day on the floor. One to mention, do you have something else on Braylon or no? No, I don't. Okay. Now, I wanted to mention uh, Xavier Robinson. I wanted to mention that I was wrong. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Bob, that Bobby was right. And, uh, but it's okay. I, I, you know, again, I had, I had specific, had specific concerns, but those concerns aren't static. Those, those things are just like, this is what I think we, you know, we need to see. And obviously, up to this point, you know, part of it is well, we do have to project, but he's always had a he's always had a mid major plus tag in my mind. With the plus being, I'm uh, with the plus being what happens if he really rounds out his jump shot. And, is that and the? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask. I was say was that was that the breaking news? Jim was wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm wrong. I know a we lot. had some breaking. I know we had some breaking news tonight. I'm wrong a lot. Usually wrong when it's when they out when they exceed my expectation when they exceed my uh, projections. <laughs> nice. No, I was gonna like I said mention Xavier Robinson. One of my buddies texted me when like before he started getting high major offers and was like, "Hey, I talked to someone who's kind of known around Indiana and the high school scene." And was like he he told me that Xavier Robinson is mid major at best, and I just texted him back and said high major. So now yeah. every time he gets every time he gets one of these these offers, I just send it over to him. It's like he's high major, I, man. For the record, that wasn't me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, no, he's he's high major. You know, though, talking to talked to, with about him with Saunders, a lot of it it was going to be what position did we think he could be. You know, mm-hmm. and and the more he became a point guard, the more he understood how to manage possessions. Um, you know, and be a playmaker rather than just a score. And you started to see that last year during the school season, where he didn't always play at this frenetic pace. As a freshman, he just go 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 go. You know, and. And in the summer, that looks pretty easy sometimes because, again, we talk about this a lot. There's no scouting. There's no scheming. You just, you know, you, even if you play well-coached defensive teams, summer teams, they're still not scouting much, and they're definitely not scheming. Um, and he's he has developed into a kid that understands how to play make when things are slow and, and certainly is outstanding when things are fast. So that's, and that's, and he has the, just the body to, to, to get it done. The, not the, the length, he has the athleticism, he has the frame and he's strong. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you compare him to, uh, you know, when the, those two coming up, or those two, I haven't even said the other kid's name yet. When, when they were, when he was coming up, there was a lot of Xavier Robinson, LeBron Goff talk, who's what, and and physically, Xavier has just separated himself. Now, how much of that is, is natural maturation and frame and, you know, and genetics, you know, some of that can't be completely completely controlled but he has certainly maximized it and it and it's showing um and then the other it's not comparison but when you look at him when you look at Robinson and even up against say Mark Zachary two completely different body types and while Zachary may be just a touch quicker, I don't know that it's that noticeable on a basketball court. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's – but but I think Xavier has really made the most out of just developing his his frame. Not not to mention he's just – I mean, he's just a super talented kid. Well, when I, I saw him on stream, I saw them play one of the last games of the year. Um against Ben Davis at Ben Davis. And we know yeah. how those guards uh, terrorize everyone else. And Xavier had like at 28 that game and was just 
taking it to him. And I was like, man, he's he's something else. And I, I seen him play in the season against Northrop here and was really impressed. That was the first time I seen him play in person and was was super, super impressed with him with him there. So doesn't yeah, it doesn't surprise me he's getting these offers. Are you are you watching the Saints Panthers game? We're we're no. recording Monday night during two Monday night football games. Olave just made a one handed catch that he bobbled <laughs> and then managed to secure before he hit the ground. I see it's a high it's a shootout over there. Six oh, yeah, these are probably the two worst. Yeah, these are probably some <laughs> of the worst Monday night football games in the history of the franchise. Hey, we got we got two Indiana former Indiana high school players in this the Steelers game with Dewan Jones and David Bell. Yeah. So on both yeah, on the, the Colts, Browns. The Colts should have drafted Dewan Jones. Anyway, all right. Uh last one for me. Desmond Briscoe. We I mean, I think a lot of us thought that he would be like a high major four. Or what what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to be. Oh yeah, well yeah, if he's going to be a high major kid, he's going to have to be that. And I and I yeah. think his skills have developed. Uh, you know, and Iowa stepped in, Cincinnati stepped in, Butler stepped in. I probably should be saying stepped up. It, but then it's kind of s- stalled from there. Now, I mean, we're nitpicking offers. All these situations. I mean, the Ball State offer is a great situation. East Tennessee State. They've got some good stuff going on there. Obviously, the Indiana connection with Coach Ar- Chris Arkenberg. Um, Indiana State's had a great year. I mean, but but there's not this – there's been no momentum. Like, I don't know – I don't even know what kind of July he had. Did you watch them at all on stream in July? No, I did not. No. Nope. Okay. So I I don't know, and then they you know, is he staying with Indiana Elite? <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to be mean, s- overloaded in that that position now. Pickett, Sicily, Briscoe, yeah. they got. I'm assuming Malachi Marino will be back. He's obviously more of their five, but it's a lot yeah. of congestion there. It's weird we don't really dabble in any AAU rumor stuff like this, but yeah, it, it is. <laughs> It it is definitely interesting, and I don't. I just like the direction of his development. Probably, probably a little bit. I don't know. Probably a little bit like Mullins on one hand, but, but at the same time, I think. Um. I guess I saw it more defensively too from from Briscoe from Briscoe watching him play some of the teams they played at Attics. Um, yeah, especially watching them play Ben Davis and watching him and Dowdy go at it. And yeah, you know, that was a good. That was a good. I think Briscoe had an awesome game against Booker, and then at the next well, the, game yeah. they played was Ben Davis. And he had a great first quarter, and then and then it was ben yeah, Davis, there was some, yeah. And it was the, the Booker game too. That was where yeah. he just annihilated, annihilated Cathedral. Now they got their butts kicked in the sectional, but yeah, in, in a in a big way. But that individual matchup. So that's it for me on the recruiting thing. Anything else there for that you want to sink your teeth into? I mean, Dejon Craig. It's a surprise him going to Oregon State. I guess that's not it for me. It's a surprise for him going to Oregon State. 
I mean, it's not a surprise after they offered him. I, I will say, um, not many will work as hard as he does. Kid is constantly in the gym, and th- this is no joke. This is not. I we say about a lot of kids, and there's then there are a lot of kids that work at it. People who say kids today don't work on their games are are just they're just wrong. Um, but he is a kid that takes every advantage he gets to to improve. Um, but I mean, I could definitely see him being a Division One player, Division One talent, especially with his athleticism. Um, I I don't know that I I definitely didn't see high major. Like, I'd just be pretty blunt about it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I seen him play last year here in Fort Wayne, and he had a good game. And like you said, the athleticism, especially on his jumper, um, looks like he gets off the ground pretty well on his pull up. Um, but but when yeah, you're doing, like, mm-hmm. when you're doing the unsigned senior stuff, you're playing down. Yeah, you're playing down a year. I mean, so I would hope he would look good in that setting, and and they were. That, that, sorry, sorry, he was playing. It was in the high school season. Oh, it was the high school season. Oh, they were playing Dwanger. Okay. okay. But uh, but yeah, he he had a good game. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I I wouldn't have guessed high major. That's that's for sure. Definitely think he can. He's a, a scholarship kid though. Go go get a scholarship and play in college. Um, but I didn't see high major. I mean, he went from nothing to high. He went from nothing to Oregon State in a minute. It's kind of like that. It's not quite the same, but Sabian Kane getting that Arizona State offer as his first, you know, offer. And last I checked, that's it. Yeah. So I don't know. Not sure. I'm not sure uh, what that what that was. If that still stands, I'm assuming it does. But yeah, I would weird. know. Yeah. Leave those state lines, man. I I lose track that's just how it is i mean that's just how my brain works um the yeah i mean it just i mean i hope he i mean i hope he does well hope he's look his senior year he lost his father um super upbeat positive kid played through that that could not have been remotely Mm -hmm. easy uh, he's, you know, he's got a great foundation though with the rest of his family. It's, it, you couldn't really pick a better situation for a success story. Let's hope that's how it plays out. I, I just don't want to see a kid go somewhere and not play. And I'm sure that puts it in quote hater status or doubter status. And that's fine. Um, but you know, a lot of kids get in those situations and of course we always, we always hear about the ones that really make it, but he'll, he'll find his way no matter what happens. Even if it's, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely saying, I don't think Oregon state's a good fit for him. I don't, I just don't know. I don't even know who's coaching him right now, but I definitely wish him, Wish him the best there. I mean, I did think he was Division One kid. Um, but anyway, that was just a surprise. But you know, good for him, and he 
prove he could prove me wrong. He'd be wrong twice in one day. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah, it does. It happens a lot. <laughs> in fact, it happens every day. All right. Coach Carlisle. Uh, anybody that's listening to this knows knows the basics. He was suspended, put on leave, I guess is probably the the more official official phrase. Leave with pay, pending investigation over a situation with a student where I'm going to do this chronologically where the mother reported or accused him of throwing the kids slide across the gym. And then when the kid told him he should go get it, according to the mother, Carlisle punched her son in the face twice and that's where we were up until about two days ago, uh, when the video st- when the video surfaced. Of course, our our internal conversations were well. There has to be a video. It's in the gym, right? And then we and then we've since seen the video. Well, hold on. We've since seen a video, maybe a couple of videos, put out there by students which would not be the whole video which the school has access to from cameras in the gym, obviously from above angles, above head angles versus those, not that the angle matters, but my point is is that the videos that have been seen are, are not complete. The videos that have been seen are of him, all of Coach Carlisle already restraining the student, not knowing how we got to that position. Most of us who know him have liked like him. Um, I mean, he was on this podcast. Have given him the benefit of the doubt that he is was provoked, not provoked necessarily, but um, not the instigator, at least physically. We still don't know if that's the case because we've not seen anything up to the leading up to the point of him restraining that kid. But our internal conversations, me, you, Zach, and Kyler, have all been, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think I'm the, I think I'm the straggler on this. Everything was fine on the video until the re-engagement. Do we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what we all said. So it's the re-engagement is, is what the issue is. Right. Assuming that the kid struck out, struck at Carlisle first. Two separate reports to me have are that the kid swung on him first. And then what we see in the videos that have come out is him restraining the kid. And we internally seem to be fine with that. Yeah, I, I guess I, I was going based off of just the video. I didn't really know 
what you just said. I was just, I have, I honestly have, I looked at the video last week when it came out once and got to read the slacks, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, you read the I'm slacks. Not, I know you don't act like you don't, you do. Um, well, I read the slacks, but I didn't, I didn't realize, or maybe I saw it and didn't put it all together, but I didn't, I, all, all I was looking at was the video. What was, what was going on? I have no clue. Obviously what happened before we don't, we obviously all don't, but right. Well, am, am but, I the the messages I were getting were from people inside the building? Yeah. One was second hand. One was third hand. Neither were in the gym, though, for that matter. Yeah. So I say when I say second hand or third hand, I mean to me, not necessarily from the event. Of course, people on the internet are. quickly and easily just casting away his job, his career, his his character. I've seen both. Yeah, that's that is true. I would say mostly from mostly from the uh Herald board is gonna be on that what you just mentioned. Well sure. And and then uh, I think I've seen some stuff on Twitter where it's, you know, uh, defending him and I'm not seeing anything on Twitter. How crazy is that? I just think I saw whoever posted the video. I just saw some of the replies or whatever. I feel like oh. I forgot. I don't know if it was the news station or whatever it was. I just saw some replies where people were uh, defending them. Um, but like I said, I've seen both sides of it. What What does it take? So the video, from from my perspective... They they separate, and then suddenly Coach Carlisle jerks his head over toward the kid as if my presumption is that something was said. Right. And then walks over to the kid, kind of chests him up, and then separately decides, decides maybe too strong of a word, but well, it, it, it separately takes the kid down. Didn't charge him, didn't rush at him, didn't tackle. I mean, I guess he tackled, but didn't, you know what I mean? Didn't like go full blow. Went up to him and then separately. What, at that point, it's not good for him. I may be the most lenient. Kyler really hasn't express too much of an opinion and I'm not and I don't want to try to pin anybody as in our group especially as no one here wants to see him lose his job specifically right. but I I seem to be the the, the most abiding well I think the, I think I, I want to know what at, go ahead I was saying, I think what you were getting at was like the reasoning why he did it right and what I think what me and Zach were saying was, and like I said, we don't know what happened before or whatever, but we were just basically saying it's hard. It would be hard to defend Carlisle if the kid was just standing there and just said something and that made him tag, take him down. I don't think, I don't think just saying words would have could warrant a, a teacher doing that. And, and Zach works at a school. So, I mean, Zach is a teacher. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I would say, of uh, uh, you know 
of, you know, if the kid was coming at him, obviously, but it, it looked like the kid was just standing there. So obviously something was said. What if but like the kid I said, threatens mm-hmm. his threatens to kill him or threatens. Yeah. Now this is me speculating. I, what if the kid threatens his family? I, I would say on that, I would just say, you know, just get the authorities involved because he yeah. obviously can't do anything to his family right there in the gym. Sure. But like, if he was like, I'm, you know, if he was like, I'm going to kill you and like reached, you know, and it, you know, right. made a crazy movement, then okay. Well then, yeah, that's perfectly understandable. That's, but that's more than just words. But I'm talking um, about in the moment, the emotions of the situation. Right. No, that you're, you're like I said, I think you're trying to get it to where it's like the reasoning why he would do that, which, yeah, I mean, if, we're, if I'm in that situation, I might do the same thing. If, it, if he says something about my family or something like that, I'm, I'm just saying from a, you know, perspective of like the leadership that has to review this, that might, you know, not be, they might not think that's warranted just by saying words for him to take I, it out. I definitely can see that from the leadership perspective. Yeah. But they've they've had full access to the video. Right. And again, the video, when I say the video, we're talking about the ones from the cameras in the gym. Right. We're not talking about the I'm assuming the video that we've seen is probably seventy five percent of what happened. Fair or fifty yeah, anywhere probably, between yeah. fifty and seventy five percent of what happened. The second, the second video, I've seen two separate videos. The second video is a much longer lead up to the re-engagement. I don't know. I, I guess I'm not ready to just cut bait on any professional without knowing what caused the re-engagement. Right. Now, part of it may be stature, physical stature. Um, I'm much less capable in a fight <laughs> than Coach Carlisle, not to make humor, not to make light of it, but I've had a death, I've had two death threats in my life. One of them was right in my face from a much bigger man. And I honestly didn't take it seriously. I'm I mocked him. Um the other one was internet related, some like twenty three years ago. Um the the death threat was basketball related. Actually both of them were basketball related, which is how stupid some of that shit stuff gets, excuse me. Well, gotta mark put down the E now. So I'm not going to edit Explicit. it out. Um, I mean, but the situation that I was in wasn't as emotionally charged as what that appeared to be. There wasn't a prior altercation. There was just an over-emotional parent. Um, and something was said. I said something back. And he... He expressed the threat, made the comment that he should go home and get his gun. 
and I'm like, eh, you know, the, um, anyway, what, what in your mind, is there any level in your mind where he keeps his job? Yeah, I think he keeps, I I think he can keep, I want him to keep his job. Um, Yeah, and and I don't want to put it like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to think that. I'm trying to pin somebody else down to my way of thinking, but I guess my point is, is that I don't want anyone to think that, you know, like you and Zach were just like, yeah, he should just be fired without reviewing of facts. I, no. I'm just, I think I do think I'm a little slower to come around on. I'd, I'd like to know what caused the re-engagement, you know, and, and Zach speaking from a school perspective, you know, if Ben Davis just decides they can't have that period, I, I guess I suppose that's an understandable perspective, but we've also seen those situations. We've also seen extreme situations uh, lead to other long-standing jobs, and I guess I'm thinking from Mark Galloway' perspective on what happened at Carmel. Now that that is not a direct one-to-one correlation, but that it was a situation where Carmel felt compelled to fire him and his staff, or most of his staff, for what happened, and and it is is not the same activity as a, having a physical altercation with a student. But I'm hoping that Ben Davis is reviewing all the facts and not succumbing to external pressures or um, anything in the face of I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this line. I, I I hope they review all the facts and not just su- to succumb to external pressures. As where I'm going with it, and I think you guys yeah. are, you feel that way too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think we're on the same page. We were just kind of looking at it from the leadership perspective, and like I said, we don't even have all the facts, so right. we didn't see what happened before. All we saw was just that video that was put out. Um. So, like I said at the the you know earlier, I just think we we're looking at it from one perspective. You're looking at it as like, what is the reasoning, you know, what happened for him to do that? And we obviously, I want to know that too, because that definitely plays a big, big part of that. Um, but yeah. Overall. People... Go ahead. Finish. Let's just say overall. Yeah. Definitely hope he's able to keep his job. Um, like I said, we've had him on, I had him on the podcast, um, you know, followed him and his coaching, you know, at, at Ben Davis and just, you know, Big, big fan of Carl. I love their team last there's, year. I just love watching them coach. There's people who think that, that none of that should be acceptable, and I just find that unacceptable. I, I think anytime you, – you should never be in a situation where you give up um, body priority to something else, a, a job. A, I, if somebody comes at me in a in a basketball game, I'm going to defend myself. I mean, it's just 
and I'm going to be expected to be allowed to do it. I, I would never agree to not defend myself. Right. Um. So those people are just wrong. Um. Sure, you're trained to de-escalate those situations in, in a school capacity, but there is no situation where I would not defend myself. <laughs> Be it a kid, a woman, a boss, whom I just whatever. Usually, it would probably just be another man, you know. But hope, right. but there's no situation where I would not defend myself. I, I think the reengagement is where things struggle with us, and I'm more. I want to know, not that I'm going to necessarily, not that I'm owed the answer, not that I think I will get the answer, but I want to know what caused the reengagement. Before I'm Same, fired, yeah, guy. yeah, for sure. All right, we exhausted enough of that. Yeah, I think so. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and talk about shooting guards, and then that will be that'll be the rest of the pod. All right, top shooting guards. Not necessarily all the top, but but some of our favorites, I guess. Some of the guys we're interested in who are uncommitted. Last week we did point guards. We got a little clap back from that. Mostly mostly good way. I, I would say all of it was a good way. Um, but it's tough. Anytime you have a list, you're going to have a list stops, right? I mean, yep. we don't go on forever. Uh, last year was, or last week, Every point guard was available. This week, not so much. The top three are, in our opinion, are kind of off the board. Um, there's more there as well. Definitely Jack Benner, Evan Haywood, KJ Windham, Ron Rutland are, are off the board. Ron Rutland's off the board. Jackson Pardon's off the board. Um. Bronte Johnson probably not going to play basketball in college. He's committed to Notre Dame. For football, so he's not so. going to play basketball in college. Right. <laughs> <Did I've... laughs> so that's done. <laughs> Never mind. Yep. Um, where do you want to start? I mean, are we necessarily going in order? Or... No, not no, not at all. Um, okay. I I figured. You know, you would probably have a northeast influence, and Kyler yeah, would it. probably have a little southern influence, and I would knock off some kids in central Indiana. But and shooting guard position is not, I would say, the deepest. No, and there's probably some, like last week. You know, it's one, two, three. You know, I don't know. Um, but I had one of the kids I had down uh, from northern. Indiana, uh, not necessarily northeast, but northwest. Tyler Parrish, yeah, uh, from from Chesterton. I thought he he took a a big step during the high school season last year, where the year before he was off the ball. And um, gosh, now I can't remember the point guard's name for Chesterton. 
couple years ago. Oh, state Travis. Yeah. Grayson. Yeah. Travis Grayson. Um, you know, he was playing off the ball. Uh, and then last year, Grayson obviously graduated, didn't have a point guard. So he moved on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a, he had a good year. I think he averaged around 20 to 22 a game or so. Um, and just thought during the season, I mean, Chester had a really good year. Um, and I think coming off of the summer, that summer before, I think they didn't they didn't perform well at Charlie Hughes at all. And I think people kind of forgot about him. And then all of a sudden they had a really good year. And then um, I think this June, they didn't really have a great June either. So um, looking for them to you know have another strong year uh, up there at Chesterton. But but I, I think I see him at the NAIA level is where I kind of view him. See, they had some they had some D ones earlier looking at him, and that that side of it hasn't materialized. He had a really good um, regional game against Penn. Uh, he played he played really well uh, that game. Uh, he had a you know obviously a bunch of good games. I just remember seeing that one on a big stage. He had a he had a nice game for them. Um, but but yeah, I I, th- I still think I think NAIA level I think that's where he's going to land. But could be wrong. Well, I, I mean I would agree with that. And again, we ha- we have the the weekly caveat of saying that obviously that's in this state a very high level still. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, And just so we're, and just to clear things up, Jack Benner, of course, is committed to Purdue. KJ Windham's committed to Northwestern. Evan Hayward is committed to Butler. Ron Rutland is committed to the University of Indianapolis. Jackson Pardon is committed to Bowling Green, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then do we do you do we have Cannon Hauser as a as a two or I, I don't. Okay. I'm Unless looking at our, another list. That's th- next next week the three, okay. Um, we talked about some of those guys last week. You know the guys that maybe you think are point guards, maybe, and that's stuff like that's fine. I just the lists we have the the for co- you know for college coaches are how how they're positioned is initially up to me because that's who I'm the one that puts them in the database but but then where it goes from there to, you know there have been times where I've sent you guys stuff in our slack in our slack channel um, and that kind of input changes things but right I'll give you an example Isaac Andrews who's Tyler's third love child behind Cole Henry and Trent and Trent Sisley. I almost called him Blake. God, I'm gonna do that forever. Um, obviously at Wapahani, he does a lot of point. He has a lot of primary ball handling duties. I don't think he'll play the point in college. Yeah, I have him on my list here. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. Um, but. One of the best shooters in the class certainly is a good decision maker. He's, but he's not a guy that's going to get downhill and make plays. He's a he's a ball mover, also a guy who can come off screens. I I do think he's a guy who can come off ball screens. 
or come off handoffs and 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 get shots and make shots. Um, and again, I I I think he would be good in the Crossroads League. I think anytime a kid shoots that well, he kind of changes the dynamic of the court because he has his own gravity. And he he's just uh, – I know that's who Kyler would have brought up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I'm stealing it. But that's a kid that I think – there's probably people on their schedule that thinks he's a point guard. And, you know, and Coach Luce – has to rely on that heavily. I I just think college wise, he's probably more of a two. That's what I, that's what I would say. Yeah, I see him at that NAI level as well. And just you mentioned with Parrish, you know, for Chesterton, he probably did have to play the point a lot. Yeah, and I don't know what they what they've got coming up. They had a weird group two years ago where it was Grayson, and then the two sophomores, Parrish and Justin Sims. And there was like a gaggle of juniors who are, who have now were seniors and then graduated who were really good role players. There's probably five of them who are really yeah. good role players, but none of who, none of whom were ceiling raisers. Right. Um. So Parrish probably, and none of them were point guards. Right. At least the kids that were contributing as juniors on varsity. I don't know. So Parrish probably did play the point quite a bit. I just I did like yeah he, he did. He, he just I don't do him as a point guard in the college level. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I do know they do have a fresh or a sophomore now that Zach really likes who got who got some good time as a freshman. I remember him playing in that Penn game. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't think he's a point guard though. But who you got next? Um. Got a couple question marks here on whether it's a shooting guard or not, but we'll go with um, <laughs> we'll go with a one that I've talked about a lot uh, recently, uh, Jackson McGee from Leo. There you go. That's, I left him um, there for you. He's I got him on the shooting guard list. Yeah, I definitely he's definitely a shooting guard. Um, I think he just got a offer, didn't he? I think we talked about was it Olivet, Nazarene, maybe an AI. Um, yeah. I think he just got that was it last week or two weeks ago, but I, I see him at probably at that NAI level, maybe D two level. I think I've talked about it before. He's got he can really shoot it, uh, he, catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. He's got offers Olivet Nazarene, Bethel Goshen, and St. Francis. Yeah, um, like I said, he can really shoot it. He can get you know he can uh, shoot off the dribble, a pull up and shoot. Uh, I would say what's keeping him from that D one level right now is just that explosion getting past this guy. And then even at the rim, you know, uh, horizontally and vertically, uh, it's not like he's not athletic. Um, but I just say at at a D one level, I would say probably needs to be more explosive because he can do everything else, but like I said, shooting and, uh, scoring it efficiently. Um, he's, he's definitely knows where the weight room's at. Um, but yeah, I just love his game, and um, but I, I do I don't know what we have on him, but I, I'd say NAIA D two would be his. Uh, I've, I've got him with an NAI level. Yeah, uh, I I could be. 
could be talked into a division two level, but we we don't really I mean again with just the two division two schools, it's tough sometimes. Right. Trying to figure out um, you know where they where they where they would land in that in that sense. Probably go north, right? Northwood and yeah, I mean basically it's 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 Reckaway. Yeah, Reckaway is the de facto third. Northwood is the de facto third Division two school from Indiana. Right. Uh, You know, a kid I like is Jackson Bell from North Central. You know, See, I wasn't he, sure. I wasn't sure if he was a three or not, but he would have been on my list for sure. Well, hell, North Central is probably a four just because of yeah. all the guards they have. I mean, they're <laughs> right. going to play four guards. So I don't know who they've got size wise, but but they definitely were, you know, they're going to start four guards probably, unless right. there's something there that I don't know about. But, you know, Bell is a kid that, Great body. He is a an improving shooter from range. Oh, and I, I should have said something too about McGee. It has nothing to do with Bell, but I wanted to make this point. And I think I've said this before on here. There have been multiple times where I have quizzed you, and even Zach. You're more the you're more the Fort Wayne guy, but quizzed right. you on. Who's better, Jackson McGee or this guy, Jackson McGee or that guy? And each time it's been Jackson McGee, right? Uh, and so it's it's my first exposure to him was in the spring. I, I liked him a lot. That's when I started messaging you, and I agreed. I think I agreed both times, or two or three, however many times I did it. I think I agreed all three times. Yeah. Um. And I know one instance, I'm not going to name names. One instance, the kid was playing track. The other kid was playing tragically bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, wait a minute. We've heard a lot about this kid. Um, You know, and he has sent this other kid since has gotten offers as well. So that's good. Right. Maybe it just was a bad game. But back to Jackson Bell. You know, just really anything that involves physicality of the game, Bell's. Bell's good at it. He excels, and it's a lot of it is just because of his strength. But, but he's got he's got the weird. He's got an offer from Franklin, and an offer from Army, and not nothing else right now in between. Uh, I think if he if his jump shot really becomes super consistent. Then I I think he's a kid that could go to Army West Point and thrive. Yep. Because defensively he is more than capable. Uh, and you know I I wish he was more of a playmaker. Uh, but but at the same time, he's a kid that can really get he's a kid that can really get going offensively and and make plays so for himself. Not not in a selfish way, just he's strong enough to handle traffic is what I'm what I'm getting at. Who else? Yeah, um I'll leave that one for you. Um 
You don't have to. I got plenty. Who you got? We'll go uh, stay here in Fort Wayne, Isaac Smith, a Blackhawk Christian. Okay. Um, I was really – when we had Coach Roth on, I was really – Excited, or I don't know if that's the right word, but interested to see. He, he said that because for, for Blackhawk this past year, Isaac Smith was their guy who could space the floor. You know, he just shooting, you know, corner threes and just, you know, busting the game open with those threes in the corner or wherever he was at. But he was saying how his, his roles obviously expanded and he can do more than that. So just trying to see, you know, really wanting to see him put the ball on the floor and do some other things because we know he can shoot it. I mean, he's got good size, you know, six four, maybe six five. Um, so yeah, really, really interested to see him kind of take that next step. And it's kind of a new wave at Blackhawk, but it seems over the last however many years, it just they keep kind of reloading. So excited to see you know him improve, and then obviously some of the other guys that have coming back. I guess the. Noah Lovan from Providence. My introduction to him was two years ago at the at our fall league when he had just he's 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 been an Indiana kid, but he went to I think he went to Trinity in Louisville before transferring to Providence this past year. Uh, he he is he's a physical kid. Uh, there's been some times where I thought he's physical to the point when he's on your team you love it <laughs> when he's not on your team you don't love it but he's definitely a, a physical kid who values the defensive end of the floor I think his love is passing love his his uh, his aggressiveness with the ball he's improved as a shooter since since he first arrived at least in my you know my attention span but he is, um, you know, he's a kid that I think that a lot of NAI schools in this, especially in this state, Crossroads League or otherwise, would would be wise to take a good hard look at him. Uh, he he's, uh, I know I said he's a good defender, but he's also a kid that got a lot of leadership qualities on the court too. So he's he's a kid that I've I've liked since I first saw him. Um, even if it was a situation where I was coaching against them, said, hey, dude, don't do that. But, yeah, Lovey is definitely a kid that I think guys need to watch. And he's going to take a bigger role this year for Providence now that Casey Kalen has, has graduated. And it's basically going to be him and Quentin Hess, another shooting guard from Providence. And uh, their, their sophomore forward, uh, Elijah Fuller Tucker down there. They're certainly going to play hard. I know that. Yeah, I mean they're they get out of that sectional. You know, if they get out. I mean, they're you know they're defending two A state champs last year, and they get beat by Benton Central in the sectional. Brownstown. And what I think, Brownstown. God, why did I do that? And what I think was a pretty close game. Correct. Yeah, I think it was real close. I think it was three. Let's, see. let's let's find out. Uh, again, it's Brownstown. I keep looking up Benton Central. 44, 42. Yeah, that was close. So not three, yep. but two. Right. It's going to be know, a battle. I, 
Yeah, and if they can get through, that's a tough two-way sectional. And if they get through that sectional, I mean, Southwestern Hanover is going to be is going to have a good record next year. I saw them play during the school year this year. I wasn't super impressed, despite the fact that they were twenty-one and four last year. In the game I saw, they lost by eight in overtime. Uh, but if Providence gets through that sectional, I don't think two A is as strong this year as it was last year. Oh no! Outside of that, outside of that sectional, at least right. down down south. Now that's not digging too deep yet, in what Central Indiana looks like. But Cecina has lost a lot. That's the team that Brownstown beat in the sectional and the semi-state. First round of Lit- the semi-state. Linton's lost a lot. Linton's lost everybody. Yeah, except that one kid there, right? that freshman, not a sophomore, unless yeah. he left. No, but, he yeah, they pretty much lost everyone. They lost all their scoring. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Braden Walters moving to Terre Haute North. Right. You know, just made it even worse. So, yeah, I mean, Providence is definitely going to be one of the favorites in 2A, even if, you know, even though they, you know, there's, they're just, they're in a situation where they could get beaten in sectional. And there'd be a situation where they're not even favored to win their own sectional while still being one of the top three or four teams in 2A. Right. All right, who you got? Um, I'll take your guy here from Roncalli, Drew. Let, I'll let you pronounce the last name. <laughs> Kagaris. Kagaris. Uh, you can talk more about him. I just I seen him play at the. No, that's um, all right. Go because I can't just start naming all the Kyle guy guys. <laughs> Jackson Bell was a Kyle guy, elite guy. Uh, Drew was as well. I like both guys are guys that I recruited. Thank you very much. Getting those dudes on board. Is it Lovan or no? Is he a Kyle guy? Yeah. No. Kid or no. Okay. No. But yeah, with with Drew, I seen him play at the um, the Run Slam, and and it just he can really uh, he can hit shots, and it seemed like he was a little springy as well. You know. Not bad. Uh, you know. You know, vertically and even horizontally as well, just kind of seemed like he had a little wiggle to his game a little bit. Um, I like I said I didn't see him much, but I just know he was knocking down shots, and I know he had a really good um, probably the whole summer, or I know at least in the spring he was having a good good spring. I hear a lot of buzz about him, but I was impressed when I saw him play. I'm a little disappointed in his recruiting, which isn't his fault. I, I contend that there's a lot of Division One assistant coaches that lack imagination, for what it's worth. I, I know that we had a situation where we got about 12, 13 Division One schools watching him play, watching them play, but specifically him. Uh, and he went out and hit six threes in that game. And I'm thinking, okay, at least maybe one of them is going to pop, but nothing. I wonder, to me, the disconnect is maybe defensively where they people feel what he can guard. 
uh, you know, but the Ron Collier buff game this past school season was fun to watch between him and Hayward going at each other. And Brebuff won the game. Kagaris, I think, had 28. What, what do you think he's six, what, two or three? I mean, I've got him at six, three. Okay. I think we got him at six, four, really. Uh, but that just lists him what Ron Collier lists him at. All right. Let's see what Ron Collier, let's double check that. Let's see what Ron Collier lists him at. Oh, come on. Why can't it just stay where I'm at? Why can't it just stay in the folder where I originated? Yeah, they've got him listed at 6'4". Okay. No, they don't. That's his brother. They've got, so that's probably why. They've got him listed at 6'3". So he's 6'3". Okay. I'm going to change that right now. Yeah, I, no, I, I like him a lot. I don't, yeah, there's no reason to save him. I mean, there's, I got plenty of names here. Um, but um, hold on a second, I'm checking something real quick. His mom is Sarah Hurley, who was an Indiana All-Star back in the 90s from Moncali. And you know he his brother plays soccer. He's definitely he's definitely the basketball player of the family. And he he was out. He had a, I think he had a great spring and summer. Uh, let's see. I threw I threw Quentin Hess in there. We've talked about. I guess we should talk about. Reese Butcher from Rebuff. You have him as a two. I, yeah. Okay. Well, he would have been on my list. I, I went through. I didn't know if he was a three or not. For three, I mean, we could do I that. We could no. wait. We could wait till next week. Uh, Camden Webster from Kankakee Valley. Kid has been a full been a starter ever since he stepped on the court at, at KV. Six three kid. I. 6'3 guard. I, I think he probably serves as their primary ball handler quite a bit. He's definitely been their go-to guy the last two years. Uh, he has again good size for his you know, pretty good size for his position. And liked his shooting, likes liked some of his playmaking. I think in college he's probably a two. Probably best suited as a, as a secondary playmaker, but I don't know. If you had a chance to, see, you probably haven't seen him play yet, have you? No, that's one school I can't figure. Maybe out Maybe not it's on at. your radar. No, I know it's in the over in the region area, but I couldn't tell you. I think it's by Illinois, closer to Illinois than it is not close south. to Illinois. It is, it is east of sixty five. Um, sort of around Rensselaer. Yeah, a little bit, you. a little bit north of that. I think Zach's seen him play. He probably could give some input, but gymnastics. But he's yeah, he's in gymnastics. We gymnastics. Come on, come on. But. 
Yeah, I don't know. Those are struggling to find other dudes. Anybody else you got? Yeah, uh, Jack Svetich, Crown Point. Um, okay. Do we have him as a two? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Somewhere in there. I, he had a really good uh, game at um, Southport for the Forum Tip-Off Classic against uh, against Southport. Uh, he was really good. I think he had 20-something, 20 22 maybe, 21, leading score for Crown Point that game. I seen him play at D1 camp um, in June against Northside. And that he, he was playing really well that game as well. He just pretty crafty. He's pretty quick with the ball in his hands. Um, against um, Southport, he was really shooting it in from three. Um, but just overall, I think he's a nice player. I'm not sure if he has any offers going right now, but just someone to keep your eye on. Here's one. Damari Hood from Delta. Okay. Yeah, so I had him as a three as well. I wasn't sure. He he's a lot like Jackson McGee. I seen I him mean, play at at um at a St. Francis event over in July, I think. Yeah, he is he is extremely similar to Jackson McGee, where he is. He's certainly obviously big playmaker for Delta. Above average shooter can be a little streaky at times, but he he is a kid that probably one of the better athletes to come through Delta in a while. You know they have a good football program, so they've they've got kids that those kids play basketball too. And he, but he is a kid that I didn't know much about him until the spring. And you he know, played he for was, Indiana Ice. Sorry, he he did. Yeah, with Rutland. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I seen them. Okay. And <laughs> extremely good without the basketball, and that's a that's a Detweiler thing. That's a Coach Detweiler thing where. You know, that's a motion situation where he is expected to play without the ball while still being a guy that has the ball a lot. And, you know, I don't know. not We haven't, we haven't heard much about his recruiting, but obviously we had Coach Detweiler on earlier in the year. We did our coaches podcast, and he had a lot of good things to say about Damari, and, and that's a kid that if I'm the Crossroads League, I'm – I'm on him. Yeah. See what he's got. He doesn't. Have, he's got one offer. He has St. Francis. You know what? If they get him, he's going to be really good for them. If if you know if if he ends up at that level, I think he's got Division One athleticism. No, I didn't see that at St. Francis, but but. You know, I didn't see him that long. I wasn't even there actually to watch his team play. I just kind of caught right. in between. Um, I got a couple question question marks. Uh, whether what position they are is Cam Kasky a three? Uh, probably, probably. Let's put him there because we'll talk about him more next week. Yeah, and I then, would say he's developed more into a two. I just haven't changed my list that much. Okay. See, I, I've seen him, but I haven't seen him obviously as much as you have. Um, 
And then what do we think about um, Jack Miller from Scottsburg? Three. Three, okay. Um, who else do I have here? We, we talked about a Johnny Washington last week. I think he's more of a two at New Haven. Right. Um, just yeah, some other couple. Co- who were a couple of those guys last week? We, a Johnny Washington um, was one. Man. Let's see. I thought one could have been Robert Sorensen as well. But with his yeah. size, he's probably playing more of a point. I think Jaden Reyna was made. Was he one? I don't know. Maybe no, not. he's he's definitely a. I think he's definitely a point. Okay. Did we talk yeah. about? I mean, I think we, I think we we talked about Trey Buchanan, but yeah, he, I think we decided he probably is a point guard. What's the other one? But yeah, Johnny Washington was the the big one. Was yeah, what position was he in? And I guess I just see him play during the school year. So, and not a lot, but enough. And he's always got the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, just a couple of names I just wanted to throw out there as well. Um, Zeke Tanus from West Vigo. Yeah. Keegan Holder, Morgan Township. Um, and again, these are just the kids that who are who are uncommitted. Yeah, because we've 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 not talked about Tate Metzger from Fishers, outstanding shooter who's already committed. Right, Huntington. Yep. One kid we probably should mention, and I don't know if he's a sh- I'm not sure if he's a three or not. Kyler Cruel from Whitco. From Whitco, yeah. Is he a three? I've got him as a three. Okay. I might have him as a four. Okay. I'm just I'm looking at a list that I just have pulled up and I he has him down as a shooting guard, but I wasn't. I've got him as a four. I've never okay. seen him as a situation as a as a ball handler. Could be wrong on that. Uh, another we're gonna, uh, we're gonna do fours that, and fives together. Okay. In two um, weeks. Do we what is Anthony Fields from Cathedral too? Well, so so this is where I was going to go with him. Yes. Okay. So that's my that's my guy for this category. Anybody that we think is going to have a, a much bigger year as a as a senior this year than like every year it seems like there's guys that step up as seniors. To me, Anthony Fields at Cathedral is is one of those guys. Is there anybody else that stands out? Probably a kid that's going to be in a big school. Yeah, I was gonna say it's usually the indie kids where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know if they got much coming back, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, this kid's gonna, you know, this kid's, uh, you know, gonna play low major D one after his senior year. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's definitely yeah, I mean, it's definitely <laughs> a big school kid. Yeah, I mean, I probably could definitely think of someone. Are we talking just shooting guards or? Yeah, for now. Uh, and I really didn't think of it until I just saw Fields. I mean, he because he's still even in June he was kind of up and down. Yeah. What What about Porath? Brownsburg. He is two. I've got a point. Okay. And I, I should have mentioned him last week, didn't we? I think we, we did. Okay. 
I hope I did. <laughs> I didn't get a message. <laughs> Maybe we did. I was probably watching Monday Night Football. I mean, this, yeah, some of these. I think that's all I have for on my list. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about, I've got to believe I talked about him last week. I know we, we've talked about him before. I like like watching him play after Charlie Hughes. And we were, we watched him together against Ben Davis. And then um, I seen him play with Coach Wolf's team against yep. St. Francis. And I seen him play a, a, with Wolf as well. And I think the following weekend at a tournament up at Turnstone they were playing as well. And he uh, yeah, that game he was really good. They played against Five Star. Yeah, I think he had 25 or something like that. But he was – Getting to any spot he wanted to on the floor, finishing through contact. Um, well, I mean, they, I mean, basically, it's, I mean, I know I've talked about him in this context of he's like the third guy, and for speaking chronologically, who have been these tremendous pass first point guards who are really good defensively as well. You know, now one of them played football and, 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 focused on football, but it, you know, Darian Ringo and Luke Lacey and, and now Grant Porath are those three guys. And I'm pretty sure we talked about him last week because we talked about catchings being gone, how he had to step up his scoring. And I, if I haven't talked about him, I've certainly written about him. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel fairly comfortable. We did. Anybody else? Any guy in your in your radar that you think will make a big jump as a senior? No, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, what's going on for you this week? Anything? Um. No, nothing. Not just a normal week. Normal week. Um, Normally, this is when we push. When we let. Kyler talk about his Hoosier Illustrated stuff. Right. No, no not nothing either. nothing going crazy on this side. Just normal week and then now the weekends are just uh slammed with football. My my remote gets a workout on the weekend. I wear those batteries out quick. <laughs> you know what I did? I, I got the red zone channel for for NFL. Oh you did? Okay. At the red that, zone, is that is that one that just uh, just puts on a game that's in the red zone, close not, to scoring well, no, or something? No, not necessarily just red zone, but it, it is big plays. Okay. I mean, it's ten bucks a month, and you get other you get a lot of other channels with it as well. So it's not like it's uh, it's it's not it's not just one channel for ten bucks a month. But I would oh, say I for, the most, for the most part, that's what I'll be watching with that package. I will say the NFL Sunday ticket has allowed me – there's always a couple games per year where my, where my Chicago Bears, they are on Fox, but the Colts are on Fox for some reason. Like yeah, last, thought, this, 
Colts versus the Texans. Two two AFC teams. Yeah, the last two weeks. Colts' first two games were on Fox. So that, well, here in Fort Wayne, the Colts will come on. The Bears won't. So in the past, I've had to either go to B-dubs, which I don't like to do, or drive up to my parents' house where they they will get Chicago every game over the Colts because they're closer to Chicago. Right. Um. So now it's a little bit nicer with the Sunday ticket. If they're not on regular TV, CBS or Fox, they'll be on the Sunday ticket. So been happy about that, even though the Bears are doing Chicago Bear things. They need to turn fields loose. Although there was a really bad video on TikTok today where it shows him dancing around the pocket with three open wide receivers. Yeah, I think I honestly think my new thing, and we don't have to get off on this, but you know, we don't have to get off on this tangent. But my new, my new uh, theory is we we need to we need to move off him. And, oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Should they have traded yeah. him to in, instead of the pick? I think. I mean, I think we need need to give him another year just to kind. Of, but I mean, Wait, it's like we- now. Two games in, we're we're done, huh? We're yeah, we're done because okay. he doesn't. Uh, I don't want to get off into it, but it just seems like he he doesn't want to be that guy who looks at his first read, doesn't have him open, and take off running. So now he's just standing in the pocket. Yeah, no, I I get that, but the coaching part, the GM and the coach didn't draft Fields, so all they have to say to ownership is, "Hey, this isn't our guy we drafted." So I think Fields is going to be the one yeah, eventually have, before the coaches. I know that I have Fields and Eberflus as a head coach. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I don't know if he process if you watch him, man. He, he gets in the pocket, dances around, and tries to fight. He just I don't know if he. I don't well, know. I, I get that, but look what Anthony Richardson. Has well, he's done not Shane first... Steichen, man. He, Shane I, Steichen's I get that. Offensive so that's coach. Where, I get that, but that's where I'm going with that. So look what but, Anthony Richardson has done in his first two starts, as far as hitting his first one of his first two reads, and the concussion. I, mean, <laughs> I well, yeah, I get that, but that's you know. That was a beautiful, beautifully designed run. Well, that's the thing with the Bears; they're so backwards. They get their their you know defensive toughness organization. So you know they're going to be way sucks. behind. Yeah, they're going to be way behind the times of we need an offensive, creative coach. But they'll stick with their defensive coaches, and offenses will be Justin Fields. Yeah, part of it's going to be the coaching and everything around them and all that. But I also, I don't know if Fields is the guy. Two games here's in. Hint. Here's a hint. It's all coaching in this situation. Because if you can coach Anthony Richardson with 13 career college starts under his belt to hit his first read or two and and be a much accurate passer than what he was in preseason, I think you can do that with Fields. Yeah, I just just thought – I just – when Shanahan – was the reports came out that he wanted did not want fields at all for that number three pick, you know, because he didn't process the information fast enough to get it to where his, where the ball needs to get to, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm, where I'm going with it. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure he's seeing the field well or the instincts and things like that. He obviously he's naturally gifted. I mean, good. He's same a, dude that, but that's the same dude that traded up, traded how many picks to get Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, obviously he missed on it, but I just think his his evaluation on fields not being able to, you know, and his his evaluation of not being able to process information and get the ball out where it needs to go on time. It's seems like that's been the case lately. Same guy that's passed over Brock Purdy six times. Yeah, yeah. 
We're off, can... we're off in the deep end now. That's Jeez. all right. It's the end of the podcast. People can just hit stop and feel like they've been satisfied for the day. No, I, I, it was an interesting discussion when they, when the, when the draft, obviously, when, when Lovey Smith for the Texans went for the two point conversion and lost, <laughs> giving the Bears the top pick. Yeah. But it's, it's been the discussion from almost like a week after that where it was like, should the Bears trade? fields instead of the pick and i think the i think the situation with fields was if you pick bryce young i presumably bryce young that you would have extra years considering where the bears roster was at the time or well <laughs> is now <laughs> we're having bryce young on a rookie scale contract for two years longer than justin fields actually would be the reason why you would make that trade yeah, but that the Bears weren't going to do that, and it, it made sense that they wouldn't or didn't. But it also I mean, they got him. They got him a number did. one wide receiver. So I think it's like, hey, we're gonna we got yeah, some number DJ one Moore. receiver. Uh, we've you know hopefully made some improvements to the O line. Got you some weapons, and we now, it's go, now it's go time. Um, yeah, coach him up. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out in this next draft. So I don't know. <laughs> suck for Caleb. <laughs> yeah, maybe Shador. Oh God, yeah. Is he? Uh, eligible? I mean, there's a. Uh, yeah, he would be. Is he? I thought he had to be three years. Thought he was a junior. Oh really? His brother's a senior. Oh, the, the safety. I think he's a junior. Um, and your guy from IU at Washington's going insane. Oh, Phoenix, but Penix, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's oh, getting frustrating. Week two, I'm already frustrated, real frustrated. That's not, no, that's nothing out of the normal though. With like being a Bears fan my whole life, I was usually more frustrated than not. So, yeah, I had a great uncle who was a Bears fan. He was he was a pain in the butt though, so <laughs> I was never fond of that gentleman. All right, man. Well, it looks like we're done. We've we've dissected the shooting guard class. We've dissected the Bears. Yep. So next week we're gonna talk about threes, uncommitted threes. Hopefully we'll have Zach and Kyler on. But uh, if not, I think we'll be all right as far as uh, getting names out there. Yep. All right, Dominique. Have a good week, man. All right. We'll see you. See you.